Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Security Squawk Podcast. My name is Brian Horning. I'm here with Reginald Andre and Randy Bryan. How are you, gentlemen? Doing great, man. It's still morning down here in uh, Texas, so we're uh, still uh, not afternoon. It's going to be a hot day down here, actually. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> doing, doing good over here. It's uh, 80 degrees and sunny. Jesus. I wish I knew what that was like. So welcome to the show where we uh, we break things down for uh, cybersecurity to a business level. So everybody understands a show's really not for techs. It's more for the business person, employees. You know, we talk about things like what you should have in your tool chest as an employee. Um, you know, so you, you're on the front lines of, of, you know, this whole digital world that we live in and, you know, working in front of that computer all day, a lot of things can trip you up and foul you up to lead to a ransomware attack or, you know, just a cyber attack. And, you know, we try to break things down so everybody understands it. And, uh, you know, we do this every week. We don't get paid. So the fee for the show is pretty simple. Share our stuff. If you like what we're doing, if you're entertained, if you are educated, if we change your perspective or maybe opened your eyes to something you've never heard before, Share a show out. It's simple. Uh, go to your favorite podcasting platform. Grab, hit the little share button. Even leave a comment while you're there. That would be <clears> awesome. <throat> Give us a five star review if we, you think we're worthy. Um, and that's simple. So share the show. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Because today we're going to talk about 2022 predictions for cybersecurity and where where the world's going uh, in the next you know 12 13 months. Um, we got a new year coming upon us and. You know, why not lay it out for everybody as to what we as cybersecurity experts think are is going to happen uh, maybe in our industry and other industries. Like I can think of cyber insurance being a big topic for 2022 is cyber insurers try to figure out how to make money with the product in the face of massive ransomware demand payments and uh, associated costs with cyber attacks. Um, and we're going to just get it, get into a lot of different things on what businesses should be looking out for in 2022. So um, that's my spiel. That's my opening. Guys, have anything you want to add before we, we dive into it? Just glad to be here today. There's going to be a lot of good, um, a good topic, a lot of good topics that are relevant for uh, small and medium sized businesses and also for people just um, looking to uh, stay safe out there. So looking forward to today's talks. Yes, sir. Randy, we good? Let's dive in. Andre, let's dive in. Yep. All right, sweet. So I think I'm going to start off the first prediction with Andre. So uh, I think the way we're going to do this, we're just going to work around and each give a prediction. Uh, and that'll pretty much be the show. Um, but we're going to dive into each of these predictions a little bit. Um, so Andre, what's your first prediction? What's going to happen in 2022? You got your crystal ball ready? I was actually looking for it. I think I left it in the other room. Right. <laughs> so the first um, prediction I have is that there's going to be more government regulation and specifically with government contractors. And then, and then secondly, in the private sector. I agree. Um, I think that that's definitely something, um, that's coming to fruition uh, very shortly. Um, I don't think we're going to get through 2022 without seeing uh, some additional federal 
rules in place. Hopefully they, they don't come through. They can actually come through as, as laws um, and not uh, executive orders or anything like that. Um, you know, but I could see a major cyber attack leading to an executive order um, without it going through the proper uh, channels of our government. Um, and I definitely, without a doubt, think uh, some state laws are coming. Um, so that's kind of where we're at. I mean, the government's going to force businesses, private businesses, you know, to do cybersecurity. And if you don't think it's possible, just look at what they're doing with COVID vaccinations and how they're forcing private businesses to, to do that. And it's just going to translate over into cybersecurity when that becomes, you know, a deep enough problem. Your thoughts, Mr. Brian? Um, it's definitely... Um... Uh, so excuse my French, it's kind of a crap show out there right now because we've got certain branches of the government, you know, getting hacked and using unsecured servers and all this stuff we've talked about the past several uh, weeks. In the middle of that, there's this growing uh, noise of um, legislatures talk, legislators talking about these bills that they're you know, talking about or these bills that they're introducing. I think it's just a matter of time. So I think that's a right on uh, prediction. That's we're going to see more and more government regulation in this area. I would stress, though, this is not something we can we can wait on the government to protect us over that. We need to take we need we need to be proactive on our own and take responsibility for our own security. I agree. Well said. Now, one of the things that I hear a lot about and I want to bring up for discussion with you guys is our own industry and the regulation that could be coming down the pike for um, the IT consulting, IT services business. Let's just put it that way, right? And that encompasses whether you call your company, um, you know, a computer repair shop, whether you call your company a managed service provider, an IT consultant, a managed security service provider, a cybersecurity company. Uh, I don't think the laws are going to differentiate you know, too much between all those different types of businesses that we're aware of within the industry. I think it's going to cover a large blanket of, of the industry. And basically it's just going to be like the IT services um, regulation. Don't know where it's going to come from. Quite frankly, it feels like a state move to me at a lot of different levels, but um, what are your thoughts on the regulation of our industry? Do you think it's needed, well past due? Uh, we'll start with Andre, we'll go over to Randy. Yeah, it's well past due, but if the government can't even get the private sector and its own, you know, their ducks in a row, I think it's gonna be more on the cyber insurance that's going to put the pressure on, the cl on their client to then put the pressure on us to make sure that we're doing X, Y, Z for the client. So you don't see government stepping in and regulating this industry like they do um, maybe doctors or CPAs or anything like that. You don't see that happening in 2022? How slow they've been moving, I would see them first working on the private and then coming after us after. Right. Yep. Yeah, and that, that, that gets into like, um, you know, like, a law license, a physician's license, licensing and all that stuff. And um, I am a little surprised that that's never happened um, in our industry. Um, I could see it happening, though. 
Although, you know, from a market standpoint, sometimes the licensing works more to keep people out more than to protect the consumer. Um, I know, <laughs> don't at me on that. That's controversial, but I believe it has that effect sometimes. But on the other hand, um, we probably do need some of that because, you know, right now, just any old Chuck in a truck can basically just say, hey, I'm a cybersecurity guy um, and just start doing whatever. And businesses might think they're protected when they really aren't. So there's definitely a need there and a place for it. Yeah, I personally think that the way this, you know, off just high level talking of how uh, they we need to handle this is um, from a advertising or marketing standpoint, there definitely needs to be a line drawn in the sand on whether or not you just do infrastructure uh, and or you do security and then. I think it also needs to be known publicly whether or not just because we know what's going on in the industry, whether or not you're doing that security service internally with your own staff or you're just farming it out and using another company, um, you know, and there's no issue with either of those. But I think like truth in lending is out there in, in, in you know, the mortgage um, industry. There has to be some kind of truth or wall or some kind of repercussion if a company goes out there and says they're doing X and they're really doing Y. Um, you know, if they're if they're out there saying like these are our people, you know, and and a company hires them under the thought that they have a full team of of staff of employees in a building somewhere that are security experts when the reality is, is that they're just using some third party company to carry out these services think that needs to be disclosed uh, at some point. Um, and then on, on the flip side of that, if you're not going to engage in those types of services and security, um, you're, you should have to advertise that. And if you kind of engage in security, then that puts your company at risk because, um, you know, you can easily be an MSP and say, we don't, do security. We just make sure that your stuff runs, right? And th that it works when you come in. But we're not looking at this from the lens of protecting you from hackers and cyber criminals. I think if you're upfront about that and you advertise yourself that way, you're not going to enter in any hot water and it could potentially help with your, you know, your, as you got mentioned with cyber secure or cyber insurance uh, premiums and things like that. Um, but if you're going to be a security company and you're going to say, hey, we do security, I believe that you need to uh, have some kind of registration or license behind that, that that tells you that tells the consumer that this company's vetted and they actually do do this stuff like they've been audited or, or something along those lines. So anything you guys want to add to that? No. Yep, OK. Yeah. All right, Randy, what's your prediction? Well, my prediction um slash uh, trend for 2022 is something we already know about. We've already mentioned it like four times in our first 10 minutes of our podcast. And that is the cyber uh, cybersecurity insurance and the changing game of that and how hard it's going to be to either get it or keep it. And the reason I put this, because like the three of us already know this because we've been talking about it for going on years We've been talking about this, that it's coming. But just the other night, I was at a Christmas party for a networking group I'm in and just talking to a couple other business owners like they were kind of kind of like it was kind of an eye opener for them. 
So I think for most people out there, they don't see this coming. But bottom, bottom line is we're going to start seeing more demand from the cyber uh, security insurance companies where basically the companies that are wanting to get insured are going to have to go on to full stack cybersecurity. No longer is it like back like two years ago um, to get cybersecurity insurance. Um, the questions were basically, do you have antivirus and do you have a firewall? And now the questions like I just filled out one recently. It was probably 20 questions, I think, maybe 10. But basically, yeah, do you have antivirus? Do you have firewall? Do you have multi-factor authentication? Do you have privileged elevation monitoring? You know, like boom, 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 on down the list. All these things that the three of us talk about all the time, they're starting to demand. And then some companies are just straight up just pulling the rug out and they're saying, we're not going to do this industry anymore, or we're not going to do cybersecurity insurance at all. So we're just facing, you know, I, I have five or six clients that have cyber insurance that have been notified that their companies are just getting out and they're not even doing it anymore. So we're going to be seeing that. That's a that's a huge thing that's going to be coming big time in 2022. Yep, I agree. Andre. They're losing money. The, the, the insurance companies are losing money and, and now they're finally reacting to this and they're seeing the business model of someone coming in and stealing the data and then paying to get the data back is is uh, not, not profitable. So um, yeah, definitely see that happening where they're going to essentially deny and not just you know take the money and use their algorithms and statistics to, to have the probability. They're now saying we're out unless you um you do this checklist yeah i agree uh with that but the other issue becomes is it's still a checklist there's nobody verifying or the, the insurance companies haven't figured out that uh you know number one we've known for a long time in this industry it's far better to work as a team uh, than it is to work against each other. And I don't think the IT industry and the cyber insurance industry are there yet. Um, and, I'll, and I'll even go a step further and, you know, off topic a little bit, but I would even say that the CPA industry with their SOC 2 and their AI CPA and all that stuff is they, they, they need to work together with IT um, to make things in that area work. Um, but the reality of it is, is there, we're still on the honor system. We're still basically saying, are you doing these things? Here's an Excel spreadsheet or here's a form, fill it out. Um, we're still on the honor system and we have the technology to just go in and not use the honor system. We can quickly scan, you know, networks and devices to tell people like insurance companies exactly what this company is doing and what their risk is. Um, and the insurance companies are hesitant to go there with, IT companies, maybe because they don't understand it, or maybe because they realize that this is just a lost leader for them in terms of an insurance product. Mm -hmm. um, but I can tell you one thing's for sure. It's already happening in 2021, and it's going to happen through 2022, where coverage premiums are going to go up. Coverages for rents, things like ransomware payments are going to go down. I'm already seeing these things being capped at 25000 now, you may think that, oh, well, that'll just get the cyber criminals to get their demands to come down to instead of millions, hundreds, if not tens of thousands. It's not going to work like that. Um, and, when, and when people start to think that, 
uh, banning crypto payments is going to be another thing that's you know going to slow these guys down. It's not going to slow them down. They're going to figure out other ways to get paid. Um, and I'm going to talk about one of those ways a little bit later with one of my predictions. But um, anything you guys want to add to that? I think that's a great yeah. Randy, go ahead. Yeah. So um, the I know that there's HIPAA compliancy uh, groups. I mean, I know there's a company called that, but I'm talking about generic. There's HIPAA compliancy groups that actually run scans on your network to verify that you literally are HIPAA compliant before they give you, you know, that seal. So that's the technologies there for that. And then also when you fill out those check marks, yes, it's the honor system, but at the bottom, it also says when you sign here, it says, I am certifying that what I filled out above was true. And they say, if you lie on any of these, we're not going to pay your insurance premium. Right. I mean, we're not going to pay your insurance claim. So, so yes, it is on the honor system. And yeah, you know, there are check boxes and all that. But bottom line is, if you get a claim and you didn't do those things, they're not going to pay. So I think that we're probably going to see, like you said, though, um, there is the ability out there now to verify those things. And you're, I think we're going to see that. Um, or, you know, they might require a certain stack. I uh, hope they, I hope we see that. Um, um, I'm not, I guess I'm not as hopeful as you are or confident as you are that that's going to come to fruition. I, I honestly think that before that we see that day, we'll see these insurance companies kill the product and not even offer it as a thing anymore. Um, so... Well, Andre. Uh, yeah, even when I uh, in the green room, we were talking about um, me completing a securities exchange commission report for one of our wealth management clients. And speaking again on the honor system, the guys that were asking the questions didn't know IT. And they were just uh, looking at the writings and, OK, that's what you have. Great. OK, thank you. And, and that was it. It wasn't it wasn't anybody saying, let me come into the system give me a screenshot or anything like that. So even the government's on that honor system, at yep. least for this particular, you know, hundred percent. And, and, and you, you know, a lot of people who listen to this podcast who are our colleagues in this industry were all hyped up about CMMC for the longest time. And, you know, they just got their bubble burst when the government basically came out and said, well, we're going to go from five levels to three levels. And the first two levels are going to self-certify now. And that was the whole point of going into CMMC is there, there would be no self-certification uh, going on, but then they realized what it would take to audit all these companies and really how small these companies are that provide, you know, products to the military. Um, you know, some of these companies are 10, 20 employees and that's it. And their only customer is the federal government through maybe some kind of prime contract or some other major defense contractor. Um, and when you're talking companies this small, they're not spending the kind of money that CMMC was requiring them to spend. So, you know, everybody was all up in arms, um, you know, and fast forward after two years of kind of going back and forth on what this thing was going to look like. They recently came out and said, here, here's what it's going to look like. And it was a big disappointment to our people in our industry who were moving in that direction to possibly that be like a big piece of, of their core function of their company. Um, and now they have to kind of change gears because of these decisions that were made all going back to your point, Andre, which is, you know, we're just still doing box checking and 
I think the three of us agree that the box checking doesn't work. That's what we've been doing since the beginning of time. Um, and that's why we see things like Colonial Pipeline and JB Meat get hacked because, you know, they're kind of doing cybersecurity, but they're really not, right? So anything else we want to add to that? Cool. Good one, good one. Um, so I'm going to throw my first one in. And my first prediction is we're going to see a lot of attacks around crypto exchanges and the new thing, NFTs. I'm not going to go into what they are, um, but these are places where cyber criminals know where there's money. So these are now becoming the digital banks of the Internet. And they're being adopted at a very mainstream level today. Um, and that's only going to increase in 2022. And this is where people are going to keep a significant portion of maybe their savings where where they traditionally might have put it in a savings account. Um, people are starting to change the way they, they look at money and how they handle their money. And they're not keeping them in savings accounts. They're moving them into more you know, aggressive investments or maybe they're speculating with things like NFTs um, and Cyber criminals know this money sitting out there, billions and billions and billions of dollars of it in these various, you know, crypto uh, coins and NFTs. And I think that a lot of new technology is going to come out in 2022 that's not going to be secured the way that it needs to. And we're going to see both front end hacks, meaning your accounts were compromised. You didn't have 2FA turned on. Somebody was able to take over your wallet and, you know, drain your account. And we're also going to see, you know, supply chain types of attacks where these companies are going to be hacked uh, through their own platform, through no fault of the end user, uh, and your money is going to disappear that way. So be on the lookout for it. Make sure you're doing everything that you can. And before you decide to join, you know, a particular exchange, make sure you do a little bit of research into how they secure things or where their servers are. Um, cause a lot of these coins and a lot of the NFTs, you're only going to be able to buy them in certain places. Uh, and if those places become targets, you're potentially going to, you know, have a really bad investment through no fault of your own. So I don't know if how much you guys know about this stuff, but it's something that I've been looking at and I'm very interested in. And, uh, I don't know if you have anything to add to that, but I think that's going to be a big thing for 2022. Yeah. Two things on that is a, it's not regulated. So, and B, there's no government like an FDIC that's basically going to guarantee money. So, right. when, so people are going to lose their shirts. And like yep. you said, this is their investment. Now, the interesting thing, though, is when I, I Googled the average age of an NFT, NFT buyer is 38 years old. So mm -hmm. it's, it's the younger market, which one would think that, you know, they know about MFA. They, they know about like, OK, what to look for in the scams, but it's not going to. You would just think they're younger. In our world, in our world, yes. But like, I just met a bunch of dudes in the entertainment industry who had no clue how to put MFA on their Instagram <laughs> and why they needed it. And these are all guys who, you know, are on the cusp or if not already have, you know, the, the blue check mark. You know, they're considered yeah. influencers. Um, you know, and those are the types of accounts criminals want. They want influencer types of accounts because what? You can... You can use that influencer's trust to then exploit that audience, you know, with a with a bad link or something like that. If you're able to get control of their accounts, um, so anything you want to add to that, Randy? Before we yeah, so on? go ahead, just kind of underline what you already said. You said it like the second word, uh, second sentence out of your mouth. Um, bottom line is, um, you mentioned the money 
And the bottom line is wherever there's money that can be, you know, criminalized, can be stolen or whatever, you're going to see the cyber criminals are going to move towards it. And then you add in what Andre said about it being about it being unregulated. It's not insured. Um, so there's higher risk from both of those. Um, one thing we haven't really heard a lot of is, you know, I wonder if there's we're going to see attacks. This is just a question. I don't even know if it's not even really a prediction, but if they could, if the criminals could figure out how to steal a small amount, people probably wouldn't even notice it. You know what I mean? I'm going to talk about that later. Okay. All right. Then I'll move on. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that later. So okay. that, that, is that my next one or is that? I don't want to steal your thunder. Let me see where I have that listed. Uh, that's, my, that's my third topic, right? We uh, may cover it next week or depending on time, right? Yeah, we'll see. But I'll get, we'll get to it. It's, it's, it's one of my topics, but all right, cool. So real quick, uh, Ruben Berger, uh, I guess this is around our government topic, but Ruben chimed in here and said, I would suggest that government should enforce IT companies to be compliant in a sense of using only trusted or compliant AV solutions and firewalls. This will force IT companies to use property security measures, right? So He's making a great point. I've actually suggested this on a multiple, uh, multiple times in the last six to eight months. Andre, you mentioned this in the green room when we talked. This is that whole idea of where we need to have some kind of entity stood up that regulates IT products and, and services or, or software, right? If you're putting these things in place as security products, right, firewalls and AV, <clears throat> who's vetting these companies to say that their stuff is actually secure, right? And I think having an independent third party um, handle that, kind of like the NTSB or kind of like UL does for electric products. I've mentioned this before on the podcast. That's kind of what I think Ruben's talking about here. It's like, why should the onus of <laughs> these products that we need, you know, the, the safety of these products, think of like your car, this, you know, your, if your car falls apart or you have a lemon because of manufacturer defects, the government's going to make the manufacturer handle that problem, um, not put that onus on the buyer of the vehicle. Uh, and right now in the IT world, that's where we live in, right? If we buy something from Microsoft or we buy something from Cisco and that has a security problem, we're the ones that have to deal with fixing it. We're the ones that have to deal with the workarounds. We're the ones that have to put effort into securing those devices until there's a longer term fix. Um, and sometimes we have to replace the devices 100%, um, which is really annoying because then you have to go into a client where you made a recommendation around a product and you're like, I got to take this out because, you know, it's a piece of crap. Um, and I told you it wasn't. <laughs> so that's really annoying. So real quick, you guys agree with this comment or... Uh, you, you, I think he hit it the nail on the head. We need this, right? And right. My guess would be Ruben's probably in our industry, but I don't know Ruben. So, um, but that's where things need to be at. It's you know, there's a there's a big lag right now. Obviously, the government is not caught up, and you have a lot of new companies coming. They're flooding into this area. Billions of dollars in venture capital are flooding into cybersecurity, where like all three of us have literally probably been on a 
a Zoom call with a CEO of one of these companies asking them what their cybersecurity practices are to make sure that's we're having to vet companies personally these days because they're so new. They're so small. This is such a new space for this. Yeah, I think it's it's right on if we had a way that we could know that these certain companies are, you know, sit, sticking to certain standards would really would really help. Good point. Good point. So, uh, Andre, second prediction for 2022. Every service without multi-factor uh, factor authentication, if it if you don't have that, it's going to get hacked. That's a good point, right? So MFA um, needs to be the thing, I guess, along with the password manager, right? Right. Um, you don't want to be using the same password all over the place. Uh, so you make it easy for you know a cyber criminal to take over all your accounts. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but using a password manager in conjunction with MFA, I think, is one and two where you start, right? That's where it all begins for, for most individuals, you know, not even companies. Um, companies should be investing in that stuff and giving it to all their employees uh, and training them on how to use those products and what proper password hygiene is and how to use MFA properly and how to you know, at least be aware when you log into something, if it doesn't challenge you with a, a code or, or some way to log in, um, bring that to somebody's attention. So maybe, you know, either they can help you figure out how to get that turned on, or maybe it's time to reach out to the service that you're using and tell them like, hey, get with the times and put multi-factor on this. So, you know, I at least know I'm protected if somebody gets my username or password for this website or, you know, thing that I have to log into. Randy. Yes. Thoughts? Um, this isn't class. I'm not picking, I'm not asking. You know. <laughs> I mean, I think it goes, like, I, what he said um, is so true and it just goes without saying you've got to get on multi-factor. Literally what I was thinking though, was actually kind of zoning off because I was thinking like, we, we, we haven't really talked about like what, what is multi-factor? Um, how do I get it turned on and how do I use it? Um, what are some apps that we can use for that? You know, what are some apps that are well known out there maybe that are for that? Um, password hygiene. Are there any browsers that we could use that would like save our passwords and test them all and make sure that none of them have been leaked out so there? So um, here's 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 what I'll propose. Bottom line is yes to what he said. Here's what I propose. I yeah, it was a, it's a it's an excellent uh, prediction, <clears throat> but to your point, why don't we go through? You know, it's going to seem very basic to a lot of our friends in the industry, but why don't we go through what you just said? Show them on the screen password managers and talk about it and talk about the details and the importance and you know securing your social media accounts and your bank accounts with MFA mm -hmm. and look at the different options for MFA and why one might be better than the other. You know, I think that would be a, a good show we could knock out in like 30, 40 minutes, you know, of, of showing people that kind of stuff. A lot of good um, content. Yeah. So that we'll, we'll mark that down for next week. Nice the week after if we don't finish today's. Yeah, we'll finish today's. We're good. We're 30 minutes. We got 15 minutes. So we're going to have to, we're, we all got basically one each. I'm going to get through mine quickly. What, what do you got, Randy? What's your prediction? Uh, my prediction is more, like I said, or on my other one, it's more of a trend um, that we already know about. But it's, I think we're going to see a high growth 
in the cybercrime as a service. I think that where there's money, it's going to draw people, like we already said, it's going to draw the the criminals into that. And then the ones that have a business mind are going to say, how can we scale this? How can we make more money off of this? And one way from both like the big players in the cyber criminal um, arena, if they can roll out cyber crime as a service, basically what it is where they can sell like a software subscription that allows like a small time criminal to play in the big fields and to play, you know, in the big time. And they buy the subscription, they can install it, run it, get it on computers that they have access to. And then the cybercrime as a service handles all of that big picture stuff. And so it's a way for them to scale. And I think we're going to see it um, really ramp up in 2022. Yeah, and that's an excellent point. And just to kind of kind of split split the weeds here a little bit of, of what you said, um, you know, just think of this whole world that we live in is like as we as more people get into it, both on the good side and the bad side, <clears throat> we are moving away from kind of like that person who existed maybe in the 90s and the early 2000s, that jack of all trades in technology who kind of knew everything. Um, a lot of these cyber criminals were those guys, right? They they knew how to code. They knew how to, you know, set up networks and configure them and find weaknesses in them. Um, it was kind of like they knew a little bit of everything, but they weren't necessarily experts at one thing, which means that it might take you longer to break into something. It might be a lot of trial and error um, for you to exploit maybe an application inside of the network uh, using programming skills might take a little bit longer because you're just not like an expert with it. You know your way around and you're basically kind of teaching yourself as you're as you're exploiting. Um, and we're evolving into where people who are very good at networks, people who are very good at coding a specific uh, language um, are being brought in and these guys are working together so they can strike quicker. They can be more effective when they do strike. Uh, and that's the way that these guys are making more money because now it, it, it's no different than like when, when I think about having work done on my house. I can I can throw up you know, wallboard and spackle and paint, um, but it's going to take me two months because I'm going to be really slow. It's probably not going to you know, look as professional. Um, and it's the same thing with these guys when they get in. If, if they don't really know what they're doing, they could trip something up to where you know, the network administrators or the people responsible for security are tapped or are, are tipped off to something, right? <clears throat> um, and you want to go undetected, but you're not really that good. And, and now you're detected and now you're, you got to start over or you're kicked out of the network and they found you or, or what have you. Um, you know, as you, if, you know, if I think about it, if I hire a guy who's an expert in drywall and spackling and all that stuff, he's not even in my house for a half a day and it looks amazing. Right. And that's the kind of perspective that we're talking about. It's either somebody that can get in there quick, get the job done. Right. And he gets paid a little bit, um, you know, as an affiliate. And then, you know, the guys who deploy the ransomware are kind of calling the shots right now. That's kind of how it's laid out. The guys that can deploy the ransomware and, and, and crypto files kind of sit at the top and they're using all these uh, subcontractors to, you know, get network access, send out spam emails to trick your employees, call your employees. All of the different things that, that we talked about a few weeks ago uh, for how they're going to get into your network 
uh, is really how all this stuff goes down when you're talking about cybercrime as a service, which is a great prediction because I think it's just going to go way up this year, you know, and, and make make the end result of that is going to be way more effective cyber attacks. So, Andre? Can you hear me? Yeah. So an interesting thing is that 85% of small businesses owners, they believe that their company is safe from hackers, viruses, malware, data breach. But at the same time, cybercrime has become the number two illegal uh, illegal or um, uh, trade industry. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> so my point is, employers and, and owners think that their networks are safe, but at the same time, cybercrime is becoming and has become bigger than the, the drug industry. Mm-hmm. So going back to that prediction, it's going to be spot on where, you know, we're going to see way, way more organized crime. 100%. Yep. So good. So in the interest of time, I'm going to move on. And, uh, the next one, my prediction is, and we're already seeing this, I don't know how much of a prediction it is, but I think when we look back, we're going to see 2021 and into 2022 as a as a, as a a turning point or a pivot by criminals um, to move away from kind of the old way of infecting networks, which is basically like, let me see if I can get, you know, spam these email address, this email address database that I have, maybe they have a database for a specific company and they, and they just do one company, but they're spraying it out to maybe thousands or tens of thousands of employees at that company. Um, but spamming and just trying to get as much spam or email through with a malicious attachment or a malicious link um, has been really the way that a lot of companies have been hacked in the past. And I believe Moving into 2022, we're going to hear less of, hey, spam was the way they got in and more of <clears throat> it was a, um, a vishing attack or a schmishing attack where somebody at the company was targeted either individually or the company was targeted as a whole in order to exploit maybe the CEO or the finance department. Um, but I think these cyber criminals are are or instead of getting in and getting ransomware as quickly as possible, it's more or less like, let's get in, let's see what we have here. And then trying to figure out if it's even worth doing a cyber attack against the company, because sometimes they might get into a really small network and say, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. We're not going to get much out of this company. Um, Let's just move on to something else. Even though they successfully breached your network and could deploy ransomware, they just decided not to because, you know, it was going to be more hassle for them for the kind of money that they would get out of the company. So I think, you know, they're going to identify the bigger companies. They're going to go after the bigger companies. Um, And quite frankly, bigger companies are probably easier targets because you have thousands and thousands of of employees that could potentially have like a credential you know, exposed on the dark web or something like that versus, you know, a 10 person company. Um, so your, your, your risk surface is increased for a bigger company. And I think that these types of attacks are going to happen against bigger companies because it's hard to track down, especially when they have legitimate credentials that they have, you know, at their disposal. So thoughts on that guys. The only thing that, I don't like about that is the fact that you're not going to have these smaller companies say, what are they going to come after me for? I'm too small for them. 
Well, there's there they're always going to be a target, right? Right. You know, but you know the reality of it is is unless you have a cyber insurance in place and you're not a very profitable company, there's no money you don't have money, money yeah. in the bank to give to these guys. Unless you can negotiate that away, you know, if they decide to hit you, um, the issue becomes is that, you know, you're probably just not going to get your files back. Right. It's not going to be a matter unless you're willing to pay or can pay. If you're not able to pay, you're not going to get your files back. I'm not saying you're not going to get hit less. It's just that why would they, the cyber criminal go through the effort of doing this when they know their chances of getting paid are very low? Got it. Right. Yeah. So. The, so they're so like I said, they're pivoting away from that because they've infected companies before and not gotten paid. Where the business owner's like, I don't care, you know, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm just not paying you, and I'll pull from backups or I'll just you know limp along if I can and run my business and know that I lost all my data, you know, from the past, um, which I've seen happen. So. You know, that's kind of where I'm thinking like these cyber criminals before they make a hit, they're going to look at, you know, who they're attacking before they decide to do the attack. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to get hit with ransomware. You could get hit with something else. And I'll talk about that in my next prediction. So, Randy, just to um, well, to go off of that, you know, we've talked in the last couple of weeks, especially of company, let's just say company X gets hacked. And then the the bad actors use email from company X to infiltrate and target, like you're saying, specifically to target company Y, because they know that they can take those emails from that company that are going to make it through all the spam filters. And if they send it from there, then they can infiltrate company Y. So I think it's a good prediction. I think we're, we are going to see more and more of it. I think that at the same time, you know, with the uh, cybercrime as a service, um, maybe some of that stuff might be still more on the spammy side, but you're right on. I think um, more targeted. Well, I mean, I'll tell you right now, my friends in the real estate mortgage and title business, you need to listen up because your industry is the most by far industry that I see subject to, to these more targeted types of attacks, you know, where they're, researching your buyer they know the transaction they know all the parties mm -hmm. involved and it's just a matter of you know sending it from the right email account and changing the account number and routing number to where somebody's you know house payment goes to a cyber criminal instead of going to you know this the the seller or or the mortgage company for the seller um and we see this kind of stuff happening constantly uh, and that's not a malware attack or anything like that. That's email email accounts being hijacked and being taken over. Um, and, and that's how those things go down. So we're at the like 43 minute mark. I don't want to make these too, too long. So let's try to keep then our last round of predictions to like two minutes. Um, and then we should wrap up here in about five, six minutes. So cool. So Randy, what's your last and final prediction for... 2022. I'm going to pull right. a little pivot from one we talked about in the green room to um, just based on our conversation. Um, this is kind of a no brainer, but it's a trend, but we're going to see more people forced to spend more money on cybersecurity because with, you know, insurance getting harder to get, you can't just rely on that as a fallback. Um, people have 
have and are continuing to be very resistant to spending money on top of their regular quote unquote IT budget to also spend money on cybersecurity. But I feel like the environment, what's going on, everything around us, the government is going to push us where we're going to have to spend more money. I'm talking like one to 3% of gross revenue um, on cybersecurity um, on top of whatever you're spending on IT. So that's my prediction for 2022. You hope you hope it goes that way. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to enforce. I don't know how they're going to enforce any of that. But go ahead. I'm not saying it's enforced. I'm saying that the the whatever is going to push us towards that. So what the whatever the the, the, the everything the, force, the forces of the market or the market um, insurance lack of insurance well, that's the market regulations. the market the market it, it, it means you know your customers the places you get money or the things that are going to keep you in business is the market. And if they're forcing you, and I don't know, here's, here's a question for you based on your prediction. Does, does the actual victims do the actual victims of cyber attacks force this meaning grassroots type of, you know, bottom up approach where the people's information that's being basically bought and sold by cyber criminals and given up by poor cybersecurity practices of businesses, you know, do people rise up and, and start forcing businesses to do cybersecurity the right way? I mean, I would say that's part of the, the many pressures on, on this M A N Y part of the multiple pressures on this, like specifically, you know, like you said, you said real estate, if they're dealing with a company that's, constantly getting hacked and constantly, you know, one company's being sent, you know, um, you know, fake, you know, ACH requests and things like that. Um, that would get annoying. That's the market. The market would say, hey, let's don't do business with these people. Let's find somebody that aren't constantly, that's not constantly getting hacked. But then, you know, yes, I think the victims of cyber crime and cyber leaks, um, I think that's going to cause more and more pressures to also be put on businesses to be more cyber, you know, cyber secure. Like I can think of several companies I'm literally not doing business right now with as a consumer because they have sucky cyber uh, security practices in place. And you think that's just awareness, right? Because you're in this industry. I'm aware. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Probably your you, average bloke's not making those decisions, but. Hopefully we'll see the day when the average bloke is, you know, in tune to it. But all right. So Andre. What's your what's your final prediction for 2022? My final one. Let me pull it up here. So it's going to be that um, attackers are going to go more after the work at work from home user. Um, you have these um, more than they are now. <laughs> well, it's going to happen even more. It's going to happen right. even more uh, because you have people working from home, and um, a typical setup is still remote uh, desktop connection and VPN. And obviously, you still you have your kids at home. You have other computers on the network, and um, it's going to be a combination of going after those computers to then get into the corporate computer when they scan the network. Um, we've talked about it in the podcast with um, IoT devices, which are your uh, web cameras, as far as for security systems, your refrigerator, all of these devices that are going to be talking to a corporate computer. And uh, laterally, it's going to move and it's going to spread that way. 
I I agree hundred percent. And uh, you know, it's you know, Randy, you have anything you want to add to that? You, I see you muted on me there. No, I didn't. Uh, all right. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you know, it's it's got to be businesses and everybody need to do more to, to separate the home environment from the corporate environment, right? The the home office or the home has become an extension of the corporate office um, and really starting to look at that from a, how do we segregate this or how do we make these entry points way more secure? Um, I know a lot of companies that have VPN and they don't have two factor on the VPN. Like that's quite frankly, that's heart, uh, you know, heart stopping and, and frightening to me when I talk to somebody and I ask them like, Hey, when you log into your VPN, you just have to type in a password and click connect. And most of the time it's yes. And that that's really bad because, you know, if you wanted to protect your house, you wouldn't want to give criminals like access to cameras inside your house 24 seven. If right. a criminal can VPN into your network, you're, you're basically allowing them at their leisure just to monitor the whole thing. And just, 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 there's no time pressure or anything. They just get in there and they're just going to poke around and see everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the only point I would add to all of this is just we've got to treat each endpoint, whether it's in the office or whether it's at home, we have to treat each endpoint like there are bad actors already there, already trying to go through stuff. And you have to set them up with a different stack than we would have done five years ago to make sure that no matter where they are, they're going to be secure. If they go to a coffee shop, they'd be secure. Um, so that's my two cents. They're never secure in a Wi-Fi coffee shop. Yeah, no. It's never. It's, They're more secure than anybody in that coffee shop. Seriously, though, if anybody connects to a Wi-Fi network at anywhere and you think that you're secure, I, I, I'll I, do a video and show you guys how easy it is to hack a Wi-Fi network um, and just intercept the traffic that's going through the air. The most secure way is through that wire that connects through the wall. If you're using Wi-Fi and you're doing sensitive things like banking and things like that, it, you know, you're taking you're taking a risk every time you do it over Wi-Fi and even over 5G, you're taking a risk. Um, so, you know, it's just it's not an exploit. It's not a hack. It's just the nature of the technology. You know, you try to use things like encryption and security to protect against that stuff. Um, but those things can be broken or if they're not configured correctly you know, they can be circumvented. So I'll just the, the, the wire connection and the office connection, like you're in a coffee shop. I mean, exactly. um, yeah. where you're treating it like you're in a active, um, you know, a, an environment that is dangerous yeah. um, and treat each endpoint like it already is in that and then build your stack from that. All right. Good one. Last one, mine. Uh, so, Randy, you mentioned earlier in the show if they could just figure out a way to take a little bit off. And this is this is why I held it to the last one because I think it's going to be a big deal this year because we're not seeing a lot of it. But, again, going back to my point earlier with the mainstream adoption, which we are there. Cryptocurrency, NFTs are here to stay. They're going to be here for a while, if not forever. Um, don't really know where it's going to go, but right now it's a thing. There's market cap. 
It's its own basic economy right now. And cyber criminals know how to make money using cryptocurrency. Not only will they attack the exchanges like I mentioned earlier, but they're also going to be, instead of deploying ransomware on your networks, they're going to be using your computing power, your electricity, and those two things combined, they're going to put what's going to be deemed malware, crypto malware. Uh, it's really not. It's just a crypto miner that they were able to install because they had access to your network. Um, and instead of deploying ransomware, they're going to deploy these crypto miners. Um, you guys need to become familiar with the cryptocurrency Monero because Monero is a favorite of uh, cyber criminals because they can use basic components in any computer to mine. They can use graphics cards. They can use CPUs. They can utilize the memory in the system. Um, and any business that has computers online 24-7, servers online 24-7, you are ripe for these guys to look at these and go, I've been on this network for a week now. These eight computers haven't been rebooted or shut off. I'm going to go put my crypto mining software on these computers. The business is going to see an increase in their electricity bill. Um, but depending on the size of your company, you may or may not notice that increase, or you may chalk it up to just higher energy use. Maybe you're running your heater, your, your air conditioner more, and you're not equating it to um, you know, a crypto mining malware attack going on in your network. So <clears throat> this is a way for cyber criminals to do what Randy said, siphon off a little bit at a time. You know, it might be one server might make them 10 cents a day. The 10 cents a day is, I don't know, three bucks a month. Is it right? My math, right? If I, could do, like that, that. If I could do that on a hundred machines in your network, I'm making $300 a month off your company. Right. Dude, on a million machines worldwide, and you're making three mil. And I can do things like I can set it to only use up 75% of the resources so your IT guy doesn't get a call that the system's running slow or starts looking yep. at your infrastructure saying, oh, yep. this machine's running slow. I got to figure out why. Right. And if I can deploy that at a university, at a, at a school, um, at multiple schools, at, at, you know, a corporate, you know, data center, um, I, I can make hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, depending on how many networks. If I can get into a data center and load my crypto mining software in a data center, oh boy, you know what I mean? And I'll never get caught if I do it correctly. Um, and you'll make a lot of money doing it. So I think 2022, uh, we're going to see an uptick. You know, ransomware is not going away. Um, but we're going to hear businesses coming out and saying, they detected crypto mining malware on their networks. Um, and we're going to hear that more and more. So thoughts? Well, I think that's a great prediction because you already have theoretically or supposedly millions and millions of computers that are already part of botnets. And if you can just roll out a little bit of something, an EXE or something like that, like you said, it could even crypto mine when the computer's not even in use which is going to be in most computers is going to be, you know, what, it, what, like 16 hours a day. No one even looks at it or touches it. That stuff could be running in the back background uh, doing that. So, I mean, just think about all the clients that, you know, we know about that the user just clicks control delete and locks the computer and goes home. Right. So, you know, these cyber criminals can write software. It says, 
okay, we know that there's somebody using this computer between 8.30 and 5. Mm -hmm. So don't run during those hours. But as soon as 5.30 hits, run until 8 o'clock in the morning. Or run when it's locked. <laughs> right. Or run when it's locked. If the screen's locked, run. So back in the day, I don't want to get off on too big of a tangent, but back in the day you had um, root kits that would literally clean up the systems yeah. so they could be running um, where they wouldn't get caught because your system actually would be better. If you got another another virus, it would get rid of it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I bet we'll see a lot of that, too, where, you know, your computer actually could run better um, because they've taken some of those old, you know, tricks from back in the day. Mm -hmm. And now they're just loading the crypto miner on there. That's a good a good good prediction. I think you're uh, spot on. Andre, take us home. So that means that when we do our quarterly reviews with our clients, we now have to ask them for their electricity bill. <laughs> right? Not not a bad move, right? Hey, can Maybe I see your electricity up. bill? <laughs> there, was there a reason for this increase? All right. And it, and it, and it bodes well because, like, right, if you, if you have something like, you know, what we have here where we have, like, digital thermostats <clears> where we can see the usage of each thermostat that we have in place, if that usage on that thermostat doesn't go up, then – Where's my electricity spend increase coming from, right? You know, hopefully I don't find out through my electric bill at my company. I think we'll find it well before that. But it's a good point. It's a good, you know, think people need to look out for this stuff. And it's very sleuthy, you know, the way that this stuff works and runs and, and can be programmed to run. So sort of acknowledge Ruben again, throw in another comment here. So I figure... Before we end the show, we'll we'll throw up his comment. And he just briefly says, I also think that IT companies should give their clients some form of training with regards to cybersecurity. Almost 80% of attacks is usually from a phishing attempt because almost all 90, all non-IT users don't have the needed knowledge. Yeah, that's this a great point. We talk about all the time on this show, right? Is, you know, employees, if you're not getting cyber awareness training from your employer, go to the proper person at your company and just let them know that like there's companies out there that can help you get this stuff. And like you want it because you don't want to be the person who causes a ransomware attack at your company and potentially could cause the company to go out of business or people to lose their jobs, uh, including you. So good, good show, gentlemen. Good job. I love yep. it. I think all these predictions are going to come true all nine, quite frankly. Um, and, uh, that's it for me. I'm going to end the show unless you guys have anything for, for the good of the people. All right. Thanks for your inputs, guys. We'll talk Stay safe to, out every, there. to everyone next week because we're going to do – Randy, what did we say we were going to do next week? Going to look uh, into multi-factor. Multi-factor and password managers. We're going, to, yeah. we're going to look at them and we're going to show people what they look like. So very, very uh, non-technical for the non-tech person – very um, average layman person type stuff that we're going to educate people on. So tell your friends. We'll see you all next week. Take care.